Welcome to the Great Detectives of Old Time Radio. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham. If you have a comment, email it to me, box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives, and check us out on Instagram, instagram.com slash greatdetectives. If you're enjoying this podcast and you want to be sure that you never miss an episode, I encourage you to follow us using your favorite podcast software. Our listener support campaign continues. You can become one of our ongoing Patreon supporters for as little as $2 per month just by going over to patreon.greatdetectives.net. However, you can, as always, still support us on a one-time basis, and I want to thank Ruth Ellen for supporting us at support.greatdetectives.net. Thank you so much for your support. Now it is time for this week's episode of Follow Vance, the original air date, March the 14th, 1950, and the title is The Mathematical Murder Case. <laughs> You think you got the step now, Betty Lou? Yeah. Uh, only I'm not sure. Let's try it once more, Eddie. Okay. I'll set the tempo. You come in after. Ready? Uh-huh. All right. Da-da-da-da-da-da. All right, all right, all right, let's quit. Uh, you missed it again. I'm sorry, I, I guess my brains aren't in my feet. Let's try it once more. I, I won't miss it this time. Well, what's the use of trying it again? So you'll get it this time, you'll miss the next. Oh. I will never make it, Betty Lou. We might as well quit right now. Quit? Sure, quit. Oh, no. Well, what do you think this is, fun? Rehearsing in a joint with no mirror to watch ourselves, no piano, no nothing? Uh. Trying to teach you a sock routine when you can't even do a simple routine. What is this, fun? Well, it isn't fun for me either, Eddie. Well, right now I'm selfish. I'm worried about me. <laughs> right now you stay here and practice that routine. I'm going out for a sandwich. Oh, well, bring me one, Eddie. Get it yourself when you're finished. Well, aren't you coming back? I don't know. I ain't sure. Maybe I better make up your mind for you. You're coming back, Eddie. And you aren't going to be too long either. Well, what makes you think so? I'm telling you. That's what makes me think so. Don't try to walk out on me, Eddie. It isn't smart and it isn't healthy. Oh, the sweet little gal's getting tough. I used to be a sweet little gal before I met you. If I'm tough, you made me tough. So don't try walking out, Eddie. Just make sure you come back. Or? Or the next dance you do is going to be at the end of a rope. can I get you, Eddie? Draw one for me. Black, Danny. Sure, Eddie. Draw one for you, Black. How's your business, Eddie? Why ask me? Why ask you? Who else would I ask? <laughs> okay. Gee, Eddie, you've been up there in front of people, hoofing, listening to them applaud. That's living, Eddie. That's really living. What happened to the coffee I ordered? Coming up. Uh, how's Betty Lou? She all right? She sure is a swell kid. She's real show business, she is. Gee, how I wish the I coffee, could be... The coffee, Dan, the coffee. Uh, draw one in the dark. Sometimes at night, I kind of imagine this restaurant is a stage-like, and I'm only acting at being a waiter. 
I guess that's just another kind of dreaming, isn't it, Eddie? Yeah, I guess. Look, Dan, I got a problem. Now, how about... Uh, room at this table for one more? Oh, hello, Joey. Sure, sit down. Yeah. I'll go get you your coffee, Eddie. Hey, aren't you going to wait and see what I'll have? You decide what you want. Yell it out yourself. You ain't in show business. I don't have to wait on you. <laughs> what a character that Dan is, huh, Joey? Yeah, yeah, sure, sure. Well, how's the dance team going, Eddie? It's going bad. What's going with you? Oh, I got a new little gimmick that's paying off kind of cute. Oh, Guy named Euclid taught it to me. Mathematical trick. Euclid? Euclid? Didn't he do a mind-reading act in Vaudeville? Uh, Euclid was a Greek. Well, I think this guy I'm talking about was a Greek, too. He worked with a black boy. Euclid's been dead a thousand years. Oh. <laughs> Couldn't be the same guy, then. Yeah, nice figuring. Uh, now, look at him. Uh, I get a sucker to put any three numbers down on a hunk of paper. Uh -huh. Then underneath them, he reverses a number and subtracts. So? Then he gives me the last number of his answer, and I bet him I can tell him the first two. Well, everybody bets. <laughs> Natch. They know I didn't look at their numbers, and I collect. Well, you kidding? That's a cinch. All you gotta do... Shut up. Shut up, hey. or I'll break your neck. What's with you, Joey? All I was doing was telling you how that thing works. Yeah, I The guy used to do it in Vaudeville and showed it to me. Any three numbers, you reverse them. Oh! Shut up, Eddie. Stop wising up the suckers. I'm good for a couple of hundred bucks a week betting guys on this gimmick. Don't spoil my racket or I'll spoil your kisser. No, I'm sorry. I can't talk to him right now. Philo Vance is in my office. Tell him I'll call him back. Bye. I'm sorry, Vance. Where were we? No reason to apologize, Mark. Well, it's... Any time a private investigator drops in to see the district attorney, he expects interruptions. <laughs> Uh, we were discussing some complaints you said you'd been getting. Oh, yes, of course. Uh, it seems that some people have called and mentioned a fellow named Joey Sanders who has a mathematical gimmick of some sort. You take any three numbers, reverse them, subtract, tell him the last number of the answer, and he tells you the first two. How's that done, Vance? Oh, it's very simple, Markham. In fact, there's a much cuter trick with four figures. You see, all mathematics is based on the figure nine. Now, remember... I'll be right with you, Vance. I want to hear that. Hello, Markham speaking. Hi, D.A., this is Heath Homicide. Yes, Heath. We got a murder, D.A. Murder? A fellow named Eddie Stone, a dancer. What are the details? Well, he'd been knifed. Found him in a deserted section of town. No fingerprints, but we've got one clue. And I'm picking up a girl who was his dancing partner. Name's Betty Lou Taylor. Uh-huh. You want to come down and question her? I'll meet you at your office in an hour. Philo Vance and I were just discussing a mathematical formula. I'm sure he'd much rather figure who killed Eddie Stone. Sergeant Heath, I tell you, I don't know who killed Eddie. And I tell you, you do. No. Now, look, Miss Taylor, this is my job. This is my office. I'll keep you here with me all week if I have to. Oh, please. You know something about the murder of Eddie Stone, and I'm going to find out what it is. I don't know anything about it. I danced with him, and that's all. I didn't kill him, and I don't know who did. I know differently. You were at the scene of the murder. We know definitely you were there. I wasn't. I wasn't near the place. I didn't know Eddie was dead until you came for me. Oh, please. Leave me alone. I can't tell you anything I don't know. Oh, hello, Mr. Markham. Hello. Hi, Vance. Heath. This is the young lady who told me about on the telephone, Heath. Yeah, yeah. She says she didn't even know the guy was killed. But what she really doesn't know is that we can put her right at the scene of the murder. No. How, Heath? We found a girl's footprint right near the body. That's how. 
The footprint is the same size as this girl's shoe. No. No, she says. Yes. Pete, that's hardly conclusive evidence. A footprint of a woman's shoe isn't completely incriminating. This one is, D.A. This girl's a dancer. The footprint we found had a mark on the toe and the heel. You know what made that mark? Toe plates and heel plates. Toe plates and heel plates. Yeah, and who wears toe plates and heel plates? Well... Only a dancer. Now, Miss Taylor, will you still deny that you were at the scene of the murder? Isn't it rather unusual for a dancer to wear her dancing shoes out in the street, Heath? Well, you can't... No, Mr. Vance. Not if it's the only pair of shoes she has. I was there. Oh! I saw Eddie's body after he was killed. We'd quarreled and I went out looking for him. And I found him. Dead. I... I lied about it because I wanted to keep out of all this. That's your story. No. You found him and you killed no, him. No, I didn't. Ah, there's no need of you wasting your time here, D.A. I'll have a confession out of this girl in an hour. Friends? Well, apparently Heath doesn't care how I waste my time. I think I'll take a look into this case. What for, Vance? I tell you, this girl did it. Perhaps. But maybe I don't care how I waste my time either, Sergeant Heath. Maybe if I spend a few hours, I can save the state a lot of trouble. You mean all I have to do, Joey, is think of a card, and you'll tell me what the card is? That's right. You can't do it. How much says I can't do it, Sam? A buck. A buck? Are you kidding? No. (laughs) I wouldn't try to read a mouse's mind for a buck. You make it five, and I'll show you something that you never saw before in your life. I never have to tell you the card. All I do is think of it, and you'll tell it to me. Five bucks says I can do it. Okay, you got it. I'm thinking of a card. What is it? Wait a minute, wait a minute. You're going too fast. Okay. Now, first, the card has a number on it, right? Sure. Take that number, double it. Yep. Add one. Got it. Multiply it by five. Five. Okay, I did it. What's my card? Wait a minute, pal. Relax. You got that number, right? Mm-hmm. Now, if your card's a club, add six. Six. If it's a diamond, add seven. If it's a mm-hmm. heart, add eight. And a spade, add nine. Mm-hmm. Got that? All right. What's the total? Ninety-two. Your card was the eight of diamonds. That's right. Hey, Joey, how'd you do it? <laughs> Come on, tell me. How'd you do that? I'll give you ten bucks if you show me how it's done. Are you kidding? <laughs> Get lost. You dropped a fin to me. What do you want to do, live here the rest of your life? Now, come on, sucker. Move out before I start. you tell anybody you were coming here? No. I didn't. Okay, stick tight. Who is it? Mrs. Leeds, your landlady. Well, what do you want? My rent's paid. Open the door, Joey, please. Uh, well? Joey, why don't you be nice to me anymore? Why don't Look, you... Look, my rent's paid. You want me to move out when my week's up? I move out. What do you want up here? Oh, Joey, don't be mean to me. I don't want you to move. I want you to stay here as long as you want. Oh, let me come in, Joey. I... Oh. Uh, so finally you see that I got company, huh? Uh-huh. Congratulations. What's keeping you here now? Please come out in the hall. This is important. Oh, okay. Wait here, Sammy. Yeah. Ah, uh, well, what is it that's so important? Joey, Eddie Stone has been murdered. I just heard about it on the radio. What makes you think that concerns oh, me? You don't have to talk like that to me, Joey. I wouldn't say anything, never. Well, that's better. Wild horses couldn't drag it out of me that you and Eddie had a fight today. Eddie, uh, 
You know about that, huh? Well, sure, but I wouldn't say anything about it, Joey. I wouldn't say a okay, word. Okay, okay. I'll get rid of the sap inside. Come back to see me in an hour. Mike's Coffee Shop, Danny speaking. Hello, this is District Attorney Markham. D- D- District Attorney? Yes, District Attorney. Look, is there a man in your shop named Philo Vance? There isn't anybody in my place right now, Mr. Markham, not a soul. Well, Vance is on his way there with a young lady named Betty Lou Taylor. Betty Lou? Yes. Do you know her? Well, sure I know her. She's in show business, ain't she? If anybody's in show business, I know it and believe me. Very well, I believe you. Now, look, this Miss Taylor has been released in Vance's custody. Yes. I know they've gone to your shop. I want you to have Vance call the minute he comes in. Sure thing, Mr. Markham, sure thing. Bye. Danny. Hey, Joey, you scared me. What's the idea of sneaking up on a guy when he's on a telephone? Gee, you scared me. Danny, listen to me. I'm listening to you, Joey, and I am listening. Okay. Keep your ears open and your trap shut, Danny. Hey, quit it. You're bending my apron. I only just put it on. Danny, anybody comes in here and asks if Eddie Stone and I had a fight this morning, you say we didn't. You hear? Yeah. Now, get me. We didn't have any argument. Sure you didn't. I didn't hear any argument. Of course, I saw you slug him twice, but... You didn't see me clip him. You didn't see nothing. You better cut it out, Joey. Somebody's coming in. So this is the place where Eddie Stone used to hang out, Miss Taylor. Uh-huh, and that's Dan the waiter right there. Hello, Danny. Hello, Miss Taylor. Hi. Gee, I was sorry to hear about them arresting you. If you ever need anything, if you ever need a friend to stand by you, just count on me. Well, so long, Danny. I'll be seeing you. Just a moment, my friend. Huh? My name is Philo Vance. Did you by any chance happen to know Eddie Stone? Eddie Stone? Let me see. Yeah, yeah, I think I did. A dancer, wasn't he? A dancer, wasn't he? He was the best dancer in show business. Present company accepted, of course, Miss Taylor. Well, thanks. Uh, this is Joey Sanders, Mr. Vance. He knew Eddie. He knows everybody. Joey Sanders. I know that name. Well. You're the young man who's been the cause of a lot of complaints at the district attorney's office. Well, I'm flattered. Something about swindling people with a mathematical trick. The very old three-number routine. Hey, that's no swindle. I bet I can't name the first two numbers in their answer. I bet I can. Sometimes they win, sometimes I win. Yes, of course, I know. That trick is awfully old and completely foolproof. If you take any three numbers, reverse them and subtract them, yeah. the answer will always have a nine in the center, and the first and third numbers will add up to nine. Oh, well, so that's how it's done. Gee, no kidding. Gee, he's smart. Yeah. Thank you, Dan. Now, suppose Miss Taylor and I escort you over to that table there, Mr. Sanders, where we can talk. About what? Eddie Stone's murder. You see, I think I know who killed Stone. Hey, uh... Vance, that's Dan. He's making a break for the door. Never mind, I'm nearer to him. I'll oh, get him. Joey's tackling Dan. Oh, no. I got him, oh. Vance. I think I knocked him out when I tackled him oh, and his head hit the floor. Yes, I imagine you did. Well, I guess you owe me one now, Vance. You said you knew who killed Stone. Well, this Dan character made a break and I grabbed him for you. You most certainly did. But I don't think I owe you anything. I don't remember ever saying that Dan here was the man I thought murdered Eddie Stone. This is District Attorney Markham. Our current murder case opened with the knifing of Eddie Stone, dancer... His partner, Betty Lou Taylor, has been picked up and released. And Vance, in an attempt to track down the killer, has made the acquaintance of Joey Sanders, a small-time swindler. Something about a restaurant called Mike's Coffee Shop and Dan, the waiter there, seem to intrigue Vance. And he and I are approaching the place right now. 
What is there about this Dan that intrigues you, Vance? A lot of things. First of all, I want to know why he tried to get out of that coffee shop when I said I knew the murderer of Eddie Stone. Oh. Do you know who killed Stone? No. Believe me, it wouldn't surprise me if you did. Nothing you do surprises me anymore. <laughs> Sorry to hear that, Markham. <laughs> However, I promise you, you won't be able to say that with any honesty very soon. Won't I? You know why I said I knew who killed Stone. Uh, to see the reaction of Joey Sanders and Dan. Exactly. Yeah. Well, this is the shop, and in one moment we'll be talking... What? 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 Vance, somebody threw this coffee cup through the window. Somebody inside the shop. Come on, Marker. I'm with you, Vance. That's Dan, the waiter over there with his head on the counter. Yeah. Oh. Oh. What happened in here? What happened oh, to... my head, my Steady head. Now. Dan, remember me, Mr. Vance? My head. This is District Attorney Markham. We were outside when that coffee cup went through the window. Oh, I throw it. A man wearing a handkerchief over his face was in here. He held me up, took the money out of the register. I threw the cup through the window, grabbed him. Yes, yes. He hit me on the head with the gun and... Went out the back way. Do you recognize him? Well, I don't know. I'm not sure. I want to think it over. We'll report this to headquarters. One thing is certain, Vance. This holdup has nothing to do with the murder case we're working on. Hasn't it, Markham? I don't think so. You said I couldn't surprise you anymore. Try this for a surprise. The holdup has a great deal to do with the murder. And will have a great deal more to do with solving it. You don't like me, do you, Betty? You really can read minds, can't you, Joe? You know, wait a minute. Take it easy. I didn't come over to hear you insult me. Only way for you to stop that is to leave. I got a business proposition for you, Betty. No, thanks. But this is honest. <laughs> Look what Eddie did. What are you going to do? You got to do something. Yeah, that's true enough. Now, this is what I got in mind. Shoot. I'll teach you card code. You stay here in your place, and I'll be out with a sucker. Yeah. I bet him I can dial a phone number, hmm? then have him show me a card, and the voice on the other end of the phone will say what that card is. Huh? <laughs> this is how it works. Yeah. The phone rings, you answer it. Uh -huh. Now, instead of saying hello, you say clubs, diamonds, hearts, well, till I stop you by saying hello. Okay. Now, right away, if I stopped you when you were saying hearts, you know the card the sucker's showing me is a heart. Yeah. Uh, but how do I tell the number? Well, as soon as you know the suit... You start to count. One, two, three, four, you know, like that. All the way up to the king. I got you. Now, when you get to the right number, I'll say, wait a minute, hand the phone to the sucker, and you tell him his card. Oh. <laughs> it's a sense. It's a sense. We'll clean up. Oh, it isn't bad at that. Yeah, see what I told you? Now, aren't you glad I come over? Sure. But you're not going to be so happy. I don't need you to work that gimmick with. All I need is some stews to stand by a telephone. You wouldn't kid around with me, Betty Lou. No? Well, you wouldn't do anything about it, Joey. You wouldn't dare. What? The cops have it in for you right now, and I have an idea Philo Vance thinks you killed Eddie. Well, maybe what you say is so. But all I gotta tell you, kid, is this. What? You try and use that code I taught you, and you'll get what your ex-partner got. <laughs> Please. Not now, not now. Leave me alone, oh, will you? Oh, Joey. Ain't you got anything to do but follow me up these steps? Oh, please, Joey. What doesn't run in this room and house keep you busy enough? All right, Joey, all right. Oh. All I wanted to tell you was that there was a fellow in your room. I let him in. What? You did what? I let him in. He asked for you, so I opened the door and let him wait. What'd he look like? Come on, talk. Oh, tell Joey. me. Was he a tall fellow, good-looking... 
fight old Vance? Who? Vance. No, no, it was the same fella you had in here yesterday, the fella Sammy. Oh, oh that's different. Uh, look, I'll come downstairs when I'm through with him. Wait for me. All right, Joey. Uh, hello, Sammy. Hello, Joey. You don't mind me coming here, do you? Well, it all depends on why you're here. Well, oh, Joey, listen, I've been a fall guy for you for a month now, betting you on things and always losing. Give me a chance to get my dope back. How do you mean? Well, show me how you do that thing where I think of a card, then you tell me to add and multiply and everything, and then you say what the card it is. Let me get my dope back from some other sucker. Oh, is that what you want? Yeah. Well, go away, Sammy. Get lost. Not a chance. But I just... I hope I'm interrupting something. Vant, what do you want here? I want to talk to you. Who's your friend? You're a cop. I'm no friend of his. I just came here to get him to tell me how a trick was done so I could get some of my dope back. Shut up, you. What trick? Tells me to think of a card, double it, add one, multiply it by five. And if it's a club, add six. A diamond, add seven. A heart, eight, and a spade, nine. That's right. Mm-hmm. And he gets me to tell him the total, and he tells me the card. I'll teach you that. In fact, I think I'll give it to the newspapers so that nobody will ever bet it can't be done. The things guys who got nothing to do think of. Don't like that, do you? Well, how's it done? It's a mathematical formula. Whatever the total is gives you the card. If the total ends in a one, the card is a club. If it ends in a two, it's a diamond. Uh -huh. Three, it's a heart, and four, it's a spade. Uh-huh. Uh, how do you find the figure? Whatever the first number is, you subtract one. Understand? Oh. In other words, if the total is 64... The card is the... The five of spades. Right. Nice wise and up a sucker, Vance. You could be thrown out of the union for that. I know. Joey, I came here because I just learned about a fight you had with Eddie Stone the day he was killed. Oh, Dan told you, huh? Okay, so I clipped him a couple of times. What'd you come up here for? To pay me back? Uh, I better get out of here. You stay. Okay. No, Joey, I didn't come here to slap you around, although I'd enjoy that very much. Big talk. I just want to warn you not to leave town at least for the next few hours. After that, after I prove what I'm going to in that time, District Attorney Markham may have a specially prepared itinerary for you. What time is it, Heath? It's almost time, D.A., pretty nearly. Another 30 seconds. We've got to do this exactly on schedule. Vance left explicit instructions. And after we do, then what? Then we'll know who killed Eddie Stone, and what's more, we'll have proof. Mm, 20 seconds, D.A. All right. You ready, Miss Henderson? Yes, sir. Uh, that secretary of yours is always ready, D.A. <laughs> She's solid. <laughs> I hope that means something good. <laughs> it sure does. <laughs> oh, okay, D.A., now. Pick up the phone and make the call, Miss Henderson. Yes, sir. I sure hope this works. I hope Vance doesn't get into trouble. We're miles away and can't help him. Mike's Coffee Shop, Dan speaking. Hello, Dan. This is Betty Lou Taylor. Miss Taylor? Gosh, hello, Miss Taylor. I have a cold and my voice may sound different, but Dan, I want you to meet me right away. Well, gee whiz, what for? Oh, for a lot of reasons. I think the police are going to figure out you staged a phony holdup in the store to get getaway money for yourself. I think I'm pretty sure they're going to know you killed Eddie. What are you talking about? Betty Lou. Yeah? That was somebody pretending to be you. What? That's what? right. Somebody said they were you. How could they know I faked the hold up and that I killed Eddie? That was the cops. The cops or Philo Vance. It wasn't Philo what? Vance, my friends. I've been here all the time. Mr. Vance, how'd you get here? I've been in here for quite some time. Hiding, of course. What? What are you doing at that telephone? Who are you calling? Nobody. If you object to my being near the phone, I'll move away. There. That better? 
What do you want, Fitz? You realize I heard enough of the conversation between you and Betty Lou while I was in hiding to know that you killed Eddie Stone, Dan. Well, what if I did? Sure, I killed Eddie Stone, and I faked the hold up. Dan! What's the difference if I tell him that? He knows it already. It isn't going to do him any good. What he knows and what he can prove are two different things. What was the idea of that phone call, Vance? It was a trap. I knew it would make you talk, and it did. So you listen, only it's our word against yours. See if you can prove I killed Eddie. Go ahead. I don't have to prove it, Dan. You've done it already. Oh, yeah? The district attorney has your confession in your own words. What do you mean? Let's get down to see him, and you can hear yourself confess to murder. They couldn't hear me just now. I hung up the phone myself. Yeah, that connection was broken when Dan hung up. Was it? Hmm. In that case, suppose you come down to Markham's office and find out how he heard Dan confess. Throw the switch on that playback machine, Markham. I want to hear this before I bring Dan and Betty Lou in here. Certainly, Vance. Here's the part you want. Well, what if I did? Sure, I killed Eddie Stone, and I faked the holdup. Dan! What's the difference if I tell him that? He knows it already. It isn't going to do him any good. What he knows and what he can prove are two different things. Turn what it was off, the idea Markham? of that phone right. call, Vance? Well, there's his confession in his own voice, Vance, just as you promised. Yes, there it is. Now, why did he kill Stone? Well, he idolized Betty Lou. She probably goaded him into killing Stone, who was threatening to walk out on her. Yes. She even went along to see that the job was done. That's why her footprint was at the scene of the murder. You never forgot that, did you, Vance? No, I knew it was important all the time. But I had to resort to a trick to get the proof we needed. I still don't understand how you got Dan to confess in front of a telephone connected with this office so we could record his words. He didn't know I had taken the phone off the hook, Markham. And even if he did know it, he wouldn't have realized that the connection between this office and the coffee shop wasn't broken just because he had hung up. I wouldn't have realized it either. In order for a connection to be broken, both parties have to disconnect. Try it sometime and see. Oh. The connection must be discontinued at both ends. <laughs> if you say so, it's so, Vance. <laughs> and the only end I'm interested in right now is that this is the end of the mathematical murder case. Welcome back. Okay, even though 
Pi Day wasn't a thing back in 1950. I guess it is appropriate for a story called The Mathematical Murder Case to be released on March 14th. I enjoyed all of the little math tricks in this episode, and it did provide some insight into how some card tricks might work and some of the tricks that various uh, mentalist entertainers do. The one thing the episode made me wonder is what the exact relationship is historically between illusionist and mentalist and con men. Like, were there some con games that were then adapted for magic shows or mentalist shows, the full purpose of entertaining, or were there some magic tricks which were repurposed into con games? Now, obviously, there is some relationship. In one of the short series we played, Easy Money, a few years back, it was explained how a sleight of hand gadget that a magician might use could also be used in a theft. So there's definitely a relationship. I'm dubious that this guy could be as successful as he was in these sort of mental tricks. Certainly not to the degree that comes a matter of discussion for the district attorney. Essentially, these feel like pretty well thought out bar tricks. It's the type of thing you'll win a buck or two from your buddies at a bar. And the scheme has an obvious problem. At some point, folks in, I think, a normal insane world, people would stop betting with the guy on these sort of things. Word would get around. Only in the Philo Vance uh, universe would this type of thing grow to the level of a concern that uh, the DA needs to address. Because essentially the guy walks up to people that he has taken a dozen times in a month, asks them a question, and the people say in effect, you know, that sounds interesting. Will you take my money and trick me? As for how they got the confession, I think that that was mostly sound. Though if anyone is expert in the way that landlines worked, I'd be open to hearing a correction or clarification of Vance's explanation of how ending a call works. The idea that both sides have to hang up for connection to actually be severed. Because certainly I had the experience where I would end a call and I would come back and connection wasn't closed. Like the other person had left, but they'd left the line off the hook. But I was generally able to end the call even if they didn't come back. Although that may be to some advancement beyond where the telephone was at in 1950. Now it is time to thank our Patreon supporter of the day. And I want to go ahead and thank Sheila. Sheila has been one of our Patreon supporters since February of 2020. Currently supporting the program at the detective sergeant level of $7.14 or more per month. Thank you so much for your support, Sheila. And that will actually do it for today. If you are enjoying this podcast, I encourage you to follow it so that you never miss an episode. And if you are enjoying the podcast on YouTube, be sure to like the video, subscribe to the channel 
and mark the notification bell. And also, if you have something to say, feel free to leave it down in the comments. All those great things help our channel grow. We will be back next Thursday with another episode of Philo Vance, but coming up tomorrow, it's the conclusion of the Valentine, where you'll hear... Doesn't it ever cool off in New Orleans? Sometimes. But I'm not here to talk about the weather, Mrs. Valentine. You know that. Yes, I know. Well, don't just stand there and give me the tears, then. If you've got anything to say, say it. If you know anything that'll help, let me know about it. You're perfectly right in being angry with me. Mr. Dollar, I honestly don't know where Dan is. Well, do you know why he'd get up out of a hospital bed and endanger his life? I have an idea he might have wanted to see somebody. Who? I don't know. The two men who shot at him? Perhaps, I just don't know. We aren't getting anywhere, Mrs. Valentine. Look, I'm going to talk to you frankly. Why did he come here to live in New Orleans? Well, I... You live in New England with your daughter, Teresa. Obviously, Dan thinks a great deal of you and her. He's given you everything, provided for you, with all of his troubles. Spent 13 years in prison. I can imagine his thoughts about you and her while he was in there. And yet he comes out and lives 2,000 miles away from you. He didn't want to interfere with Teresa in any way. Sure, but it seems to me he'd want to look at you, at her certainly. Even if it was a matter of living in Boston and taking a bus to New Salem and standing on a street corner one day to watch the two of you cross the street. That sound reasonable to you? If you put it that way. Well, look, there's some reason he picked New Orleans. Some reason he didn't give himself the little gratification of just looking at you and Teresa. Why? Why here? I'm sure I don't know. And why is he running around now? I can't answer that either. But it must have something to do with you and your daughter. Obviously, you're the only ones he ever cared about. Well? I honestly don't know. Well, and I, I can't help you, and I can't help myself or him. He, you mentioned his having a reason to be in New Orleans. I hope you'll be with us then. In the meantime, do send your comments to box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives and check us out on Instagram, instagram.com slash greatdetectives. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham, signing off.